Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another edition of the Chicago Audible Mailbag Podcast. Week 17 edition, the last one of the regular season. And, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, my incredible co-host, that is, Brandon Hazlett. Brandon, how you doing, man? I, before we actually hopped on, I was saying that it's been a while since we've actually been on the same podcast together. Yeah, it's been too long. I almost think it was the last audio mailbag that we did together. Uh, so how was your Christmas? Mine mine was really good. I had a lot of Christmas parties to go to, a lot of food. Uh, I'm actually kind of done eating, I think. Like, I don't want to eat anymore, you know. But uh, how are you? How was your Christmas? It was. It, it went well. Um, a lot of just sitting around, eating food, not doing, not moving. Definitely no physical activity. <laughs> just a lot of just picking up the fork and, you know, eating a bunch of Christmas food. Did you have your monkey bread? I did. We finished it up this morning. Okay, good because I mean you you I didn't again I did not have any monkey bread on my Christmas oh. uh, disappointing but we did have a bunch of good food there so I'm glad that you enjoyed your Christmas and now the next one is uh, obviously New Year's and do you have any big plans for that? Mm, none that I can think of anyway off the top of my head we'll see what comes up in the next next day or two here yeah. after Bears game I'm sure we'll have something come up but for uh, sure yeah no uh, no major plans what about you? Uh, so a bunch of friends, uh, we're going to Chicago. I forget where we're actually going to, but it's going to be somewhere in Chicago at some bar. We'll see how that goes. First time I've ever really done that, gone out somewhere like that. I went to Iowa City last year, but familiar with there because that's where I went to school. But Chicago is uh, a little different. But, yeah, that's what the plans are so far, and we'll see how that goes. But, uh, Brandon, are you ready to – we have a bunch of questions. And, unfortunately, no audio versions on the uh, – audible mailbag podcast but that's all right we have a bunch of great twitter questions and actually a facebook question which we're going to open up with but you ready to get that started yeah let's do it all right brandon the first question comes from dave and i'm sorry if i mispronounced his last name hunsaker and again we say this on multiple podcasts but we don't get (laughs) uh paid to pronounce names here but dave asks he he starts off his question hey guys hope this isn't too late for the mailbag and it isn't is there any person more emblematic of this Bears team than Zach Miller? I just watched the Fox piece on YouTube called Zach Miller Finds Peace on His Road to Recovery and thought to myself, what an impact he has made on this team this year and how his story is one of many on this amazing run. Would love to hear your thoughts, Dave, in Utah. So 
Dave, thank you for submitting the question. Obviously, it wasn't too late because this is the first one we want to start off with. And I actually didn't see this piece on Fox, so I went back and watched it. And look, Zach Miller is just – he's honestly just an incredible person. Um, the way that he's gone about his business despite all the hardships he's faced um, should be just a blueprint for everyone that no matter what you're going through, there's always that, that light at the end of the tunnel. And he just has – in that piece that you watched uh, – the Zach Miller finds peace on his road to recovery. He has this constant drive, regardless if it's you know playing the guitar, um, like it showed in that piece of piano, or just trying to get back into the football field. Miller is just going to give it his all, and I think that's a thing that this Bears team has really represented this this season. Look, they started off the year three and three, and they went off to you know win five straight. Then they played the Lions, Vikings, and Lions again in fourteen days. Won all those games, and there's throughout the season and still to this day there have been doubters all season about the Bears and specifically about Mitch Trubisky well he has over 3,000 yards on the season 24 touchdowns uh he has 12 interceptions 96.04 quarterback rating led his team to the win a division title the first in eight years double digit wins with 11 look Zach Miller and the Bears they're they're very implementic of each other, vice versa. So I think that he's a perfect representation of the Bears and just what this team has been able to do and what they've been able to persevere through this season. Brandon, what do you think? I mean, obviously we had that video for Zach Miller way, way beginning, what, what maybe if it was even last year. So what do you think about Zach Miller being a good representation of the Bears? Well, that's absolutely right because the spat, uh, despite the – the injury, the Bears still signed him to a one-year deal, and he still wants to be around the team, and I think that speaks a lot. He likes the guys. He likes the culture. He especially likes uh, Matt Nagy, I think, because we see him sometimes on the sideline, you know, right on his back hip, just trying to pick his brain a little bit and be able to still be a part of the team, even though he's not out there. He's still recovering, obviously, and uh, it, the fact that when he went down with the injury and they thought he, they might have to uh, remove part of his leg he said no I'm not doing that I'm going to recover from this so that that just really speaks to the type of person that Zach Miller is you talked about his drive I'm uh, not sure about this I gotta look it up real quick but I think he was uh our representative I guess for Walter Payton man of the year when he was uh um you know in the running to be able to still do that because he's just a great guy off the field as well so there's just there's a lot of things about Zach Miller that really represent uh, what it means to be a Chicago Bear, blue-collar guy. He's going to work really hard to get back to his recovery. Uh, great person off the field. He was nice to us when we ran into him uh, out there in Canton. So he was he's, he's a really great guy, and I'm, I'm glad that he's able to recover to, to the point where he is, where he's able to, to walk again uh, and still be around the team. So I think that, yeah, he, he is the blueprint of what it is to be a Chicago Bear. Yeah, absolutely. And we would still love for Zach Miller to come, you know, be on the Chicago Audible yep. at some point, be a guest on there. So, hey, uh, any fans out there want to tweet at Zach Miller, maybe after a season, want to try to get him on, we would definitely love that because, uh, again, a great story that he has had and that is still going through and still wants to get on the football field. So you never know how it's going to end, especially when you have the drive like a Zach Miller. All right, Brandon, we're going to go to our second question. This now goes to the Twitter portion. That was our only Facebook question that we had, and it comes from David Collins. And David asks, if the Bears can afford to rest any one to a few players, who would you think would be those players? Do you think that they have capable backups who can step up on either side of the ball? Also, and do you think Coach Nagy has some game plan uh, none of us know about? 
So actually, I'm going to start off with the second portion of that question first. Do we think that Nagy doesn't have a game plan that we don't know about? Of course. I think that every week we don't know what Matt Nagy's going to do. I mean, going into this season, I never expected so many defensive players to be on the offensive side of the ball that there were this season. Seeing Akeem Hicks you know, score a touchdown and having Roy Robertson-Harris, Jonathan Bullard in on formations. You don't expect that going into the season. You expect your, you know, standard offensive players that are out there each and every week. But Matt Nagy always likes to put some twists on a game plan. And especially whatever opponent he's facing, he's going to see the matchups that he likes. Maybe target a specific corner, target a specific player on the defense, and exploit that position. So there's definitely things that we have not seen from Matt Nagy. And it, it's only his first year with Mitch Trubisky. They're, they haven't pulled out everything. So Mitch Trubisky is still learning, you know, what Matt Nagy is throwing him to this day. So there's definitely a game plan that we haven't seen from Matt Nagy. What do you think, Brandon? Is this all that we've seen from the Matt Nagy offense? Oh no, there's there's always <laughs> something up his sleeve. Like you said, he always makes it, like surprises us somehow one way or another. So I I expect to see some some things in this game that we haven't seen yet this year, different formations, things of that nature. Uh, but I, I expect him to treat this like it's an actual playoff game uh, because with the Rams resting Todd Gurley, well, I don't know if he's resting him, but he's he's out for this game as well as one of their safeties as well. That really opens the door for the Bears to snag the second seed because the 49ers, like we, we just realized, are still playing very, very well, and the Rams are starting to hit this decline throughout the year. So there's a chance for that, that second seed to be there, and the 49ers are a team that have shown in the past that they're not – afraid to step up to the Rams. So I think the Matt Nagy looks at this. I don't think he does any scoreboard watching. I think he goes out there, uh, puts his foot on the gas from the, the start of the game, goes out there and just, just dominates early, sends a message that, hey, we're still playing for the second seed. How he does it, that's where the surprise game plan comes in. I think we'll see some oddball things. Uh, they're going to throw, uh, I think, the I'm anticipating the aggressive Minnesota Vikings uh, for a loop. Uh, just to try and, and, and make them look a little foolish, you know. So th- th- those are the kinds of things that I'm expecting. Yeah, so with all that said now, Brandon, w- in terms of players that can possibly be rested, obviously we are playing for that number two seed. And depending on the Rams game, that will determine whether or not maybe the Bears go this specific game plan, play all their stars throughout, or maybe rest a few. So now I want to ask you, Brandon, are there a couple players in mind, uh, alluding to David's first part of the question, that you would rest going into this game? I'm not resting anyone going into this game. Uh, the only one I'm resting is, is Allen Robinson, which he's he's looking like he's doubtful, like he's not going to play, which is fine. He's we've proven that we can win without him before, uh, so I'm not I'm not worried about that one. He's the one guy I definitely want to give rest to, and it looks like they're going to go that route. Uh, but other than that, I'd be looking at especially later in the game, depending how it goes. I'd be looking at linebackers, guys that you could sub out, uh, get Isaiah Irving in there, get some time. Uh, swap out, uh, get like a Nick Kwiatkowski in there a little bit maybe as well. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, maybe Buddy Benny Cunningham at running back a little bit. Haven't seen him much this year more. Taquan Mazel, But it all depends on how the game goes. I don't expect them to uh, come in there and rest Jordan Howard or Danny Trevathan or Roquan Smith. I expect them to go out there uh, and, like I said, be aggressive, put their, their foot on the gas early and put the pressure on the Vikings. So I don't I don't see them resting anyone going into it. But depending how the game goes later on, if we're up by a lot or not up by enough, I mean, whatever the situation is, I trust Matt Nagy and how to do it. Uh, but I think at some point we do see some subs in there. I just I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't think that he does it. I treat this one like a playoff game if it's me. 
So I think the only player that, and it's because he was on the injury report, and you already talked about him, Allen Robinson. I think he just means so much to this offense and just being uh, the versatile wide receiver that he is, being doubtful. So maybe it's not even uh, an issue of like whether you play him the entire game. Maybe he's just not able to play the game. So if he's out, I mean, he's dealt with injuries this season, and he does, like I said, so much for his offense. Remember, the first play of the 49ers game was a jet sweep to Allen Robinson. And, you know, just shows the versatility that he has. Catch the deep ball, does blocking on the outside for other guys to get open. So even if he does become healthy, I think this is a guy that I would rest, even though, like you said, you're treating like a playoff game. And I think Matt Nagy is as well because he said he's playing everybody or he wants to, you know, win this game regardless of the outcome. But let's say maybe second half, 49ers are getting blown out and maybe the Bears, Bears winning, Bears losing, regardless of what the situation is. Uh, like you said, maybe the 49ers just getting blown out. Looks like a sure victory for the Rams. I think you may see Mitch Trubisky come out a little early, maybe after the third quarter or something like that. Uh, there's Look, the Bears aren't going anywhere if they don't have their starting quarterback. We saw what Chase Daniel can do, and if the other game, the Rams 49ers game, is out of hand, no reason to have a guy like that in when you have a front seven like the Minnesota Vikings that can get to your quarterback, hit him those additional times, and you know, obviously he had that right shoulder injury, so you don't want to get that, re-aggravate that heading into playoffs. Cleo Mack, look, uh, a guy that, again, if in the second half, that Rams 49ers game's out of hand, no reason to give him extra reps. You want him going healthy into the season. I think Akeem Hicks is another guy. He's played a lot this season, been very productive too. So those two guys I think are you know fundamental for this defense to really do what it does best, getting after the quarterback, causing havoc for opposing quarterbacks. So it's all depending on this 49ers-Rams game, and hopefully you know it's close. So then you see these guys actually end up playing, getting that first-round bye, so they get another week of rest. But it's going to be interesting because now that that game was moved, the Bears-Vikings game was moved to 325, it, it messes with how you kind of approach it. If it was a regular noon game, that would have been a – I don't know. No, actually it would have been – if the other game was at noon, that would have helped out. But it is what it is, and the Bears are playing uh, you know, the, the spotlight game of the week against the Vikings, and we'll see how that goes. All right, Brandon, we have our third question of the day, and it comes from Nate, and he asks – it's a simple question. What are your thoughts slash chances that Robbie Gold returns as a Bear next year? So I'll start off with this. Robbie Gold will be an unrestricted free agent next season. He's 36 years old going in his 14th season. But if the Bears have an opportunity to bring back Robbie Gold, I am all for it. Sign him, bring him back to Chicago. He literally had one bad year that kind of made him get you know, go the other direction. The Bears are going in another direction. They didn't want to sign him to the money. It was really at twenty. It was twenty fourteen. That was his bad year. Twenty fifteen. It was uh, his last year. Twenty fourteen. Uh, he hit less, or he had only seventy five percent of his field goals, which was the lowest of his career. Um, but he only played in twelve games and only attempted twelve field goals. In that twenty fifteen season, his last season, he made eighty four point six percent of his field goals. His fourth lowest of his career but is still higher than Cody Parkey, who has only made 75.9% of his kicks this season. Look, right now, Robbie Gold is hitting 97% of his field goals. Man, that would be nice to have a field goal kicker that you know just is good as gold, like those good old days. Good as gold. And just to put it out there, Adam and Terry for the Indianapolis Colts, he's 46 years old. That's 10 years older than Robbie Gold. He's still got it. He's a kicker. They're not asked to do a lot of physical, you know, uh, 
labor to their body. So I think Robbie Gold, if you have an opportunity to, you know, bring back a guy that is established, has for his career been a great field goal kicker. He had, like I said, that one off year, and then the Bears just going in a different direction, organizationally bringing a new coach and all that stuff. So I think if you have an opportunity, I think Ryan Pace is going to look into it because Cody Parkey this season. He, you know, had his rough patch. Then kind of after he went to field, uh, to Soldier Field and had helicopters watching him kick field goals, he kind of got, you know, on the right track. And now he's starting to be a little bit of that inconsistent. We saw him miss a field goal last week, a 37-yarder against the 49ers. So I think Ryan Pace is definitely going to look into it. What's your take on if the Bears have a chance to bring back Robbie Gold? It'd be really, really cool. Uh, I definitely wouldn't argue that. I'd love to see Robbie back, but I just think that the the Bears have moved on from the Robbie Gold era. Unfortunately, even despite him hitting ninety seven percent of his kicks, I think with the how much money they dropped on Parky uh, this yeah. last off season, that kind of tells me that he's you know they're not going to move on. Uh, but when when you look at Cody Parky, you, you mentioned his his field goal percentage, but there's only one game where his missed field goals have hurt us, and that was the fifty three yarder he missed against Miami. Uh, when we were there, we watched it. Uh, it was a little wide right, unfortunately. Uh, but of the 75% that only have one game be affected by a missed field goal, I mean, I'll take that. So I, I obviously wish he would be making more field goals. I'm not saying that 75% is good good because it's definitely not. definitely needs to be better. needs to improve that percentage. Uh, but I don't I don't see an issue with it at the moment. I know we don't want to, you know, we try and be proactive about it and not let it be an issue in the future. But at this point, it is what it is. I, I I don't know how many kickers the Bears have gone through, uh, and I think stability is going to kind of be important when it comes to uh, to kicking here in, in the postseason as well as in the future. That way there's not a whole lot more turnover, uh, things of that nature. I think once he gets settled in a little bit more, uh, then he'll he'll be better. He'll be fine, hopefully. Uh, so <laughs> you can tell my confidence is kind of wavering in him a little bit there, but I, I don't think they bring back Robbie. I think that era is kind of past us, and Ryan Pace wants to move on with his own era. True, very true. I mean, he has family still in Chicago. I think they said on the broadcast last week that his kids still go to school in the Chicagoland area. Just, you know, bring them back. And, I mean, hey, Robbie said he's bringing his kids to a playoff game, too. See, see, that's awesome. See, obviously, he still <laughs> loves the city of Chicago and has so much respect for them. And it seems like he elevates his play whenever he plays the Bears. What was it, last week, three field goals? I know the year before that, I think he made five and he beat the Bears or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So Robbie Gold, obviously, when he plays the Bears, he definitely elevates his play, but he's always been a great field goal kicker. And I think Ryan Pace, whenever he has an opportunity to make a position better, despite money or whatever it may be, the complications that are at that position, he finds a way to elevate it. I mean, you see just outside linebacker with, you know, Khalil Mack and stuff like that. He finds a way. So I, I wouldn't say just because money that they're like, they're stuck to Parky. In a way, they are, but they aren't because I think Ryan Pace will try to give his chance the best opportunity to win if he thinks Robbie Gold's the answer or maybe whatever kicker, whatever kicker it may be. Obviously, there are no good free agent kickers because I think the Bears would have looked into it by now, but he'll find a way. Okay, so let's just expand that question a little bit uh, real quick. Would you rather bring back Robbie Gold or Adrian Amos or Eddie Goldman if you had to pick two of the three? I think the, all three of those are going to be free agents next year, right? Well, Eddie Goldman got signed, so Eddie, oh, Eddie Goldman, Goldman got, got signed. signed right. So it would be it would be Amos Callahan is another Callahan. That was the other Aaron one Lynch. Aaron Lynch. So those are three guys. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, I mean, there are some key guys on there. Um, man, that's a tough one. I mean, that is a tough one. I I'm, I'm, I don't know how much 
Robbie Gold is making. I don't know how much that – and the cap's always going up. So I don't know what they're going to be able to do <laughs> situationally, money-wise. But it'll be an interesting, you know, when it comes to that time, what Ryan Pace decides to do. And he's made, you know, mostly the right decisions so far. So I guess we'll, we'll cross, uh, you know, that road when it comes. But what what are you leaning towards? I know Amos, you're an Amos guy, so I'm, I'm an assuming. Amos guy, so he, he's coming back for me, and I don't think they'd bring back Robbie if it means they can put that money towards saving another key foundational piece and being Adrian Amos. So I'm going with Amos. And I think I would have to go with Callahan. So, you know, with guys that they, if they can only bring back one, you know, Aaron Lynch, right. if it's, let's say you put in a Robbie Gold, Aaron Lynch, Callahan, and then Amos. I go Callahan, you go Amos. We got to get Will, another Will on this podcast to take one of the, you know, one of the two. Okay, that would be interesting. So when that time comes, hopefully, maybe that's that's a question that Ryan Pace is going to, the big question that offseason after whatever the Bears do uh, to end this season. All right. So we have our fourth Twitter question. It comes from Zombie Apocalypse. Very interesting uh, Twitter name there. Uh, So the question is, how important is it for the Bears to win Sunday against the Vikings since we we could play them again in the playoffs? Brandon, what are your thoughts on this? I I don't know if you guys talked about this uh, on the preview show or just what team you'd rather face, but how important do you think it is for the Bears to, you know, win against the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday. Yeah, we ran through all the the, play, the potential playoff scenarios who the Bears could face, and uh, the one thing that Will and I were both in consensus with was that the Bears have to win this one because if you face a divisional opponent three times in a year, I uh, frankly don't like those odds playing the same team three times in a year. Uh, so I think that they have to win this one to eliminate Minnesota. Uh, that's why I'm saying they have to treat this one like a playoff game. They have to go out there, guns blazing, uh, give it everything you got. And even though that uh, you know if the Bears win – uh, and Philly loses, the Bears are still going to get uh, Minnesota. Um, I think you still go out there and you, and you give it everything you have because you have to do everything in your power to not play them a third time. You don't show them your whole hand because if you got different things, you know, uh, in the script for for playoffs as far as play calling goes, then you don't show them a whole lot of that, if any of it. Uh, but I think that they have to go out there and they have to to win this game. They have to seize it early. Uh, and beat Minnesota to just make sure that they're they're sweating at least, uh, you know, kind of scoreboard watching, see what Philadelphia and Washington's doing. So I think that uh, I would rather face Philadelphia myself. I don't know what you think, uh, but I would much rather face face Philly uh, than face Minnesota a third time, despite the third time being at home. Yeah. So my thoughts on this are: I think it's a good opportunity for the Bears to just not have to worry about the Vikings. So I think you go into this one wanting to beat them so you don't have to play them again. And, like, similar reasons you said three times facing an opponent. Look, you give a great defensive-minded coach like Mike Zimmer another opportunity to come with a game plan that maybe works. That I don't I don't like that uh, situation there. I know Matt Nagy's been great this season, but Mike Zimmer he's you know been that head, the head coach for the Vikings for a while now. He's been a great defensive minded head coach for you know a majority of his NFL career, and you give him another opportunity to kind of maybe figure things out for Matt Nagy, who like we said earlier hasn't shown everything and probably can't because this offense is very complicated. You're just there's a lot of chances going into the maybe the Vikings' favor for a third matchup. Um, and you, like I, I have in my notes here, he just needs one scheme, one day that actually works, and it's one and done. Look, the, the Vikings can have the perfect game plan this week, and regardless of what the Bears did, winning 11, 12 games in that season, it's all done for because the Vikings just had a better game plan that week, that Sunday. 
So I'd rather not play the Vikings again. And look, Kirk Cousins did not play well in that first meeting against the Bears. 30 for 46, 262 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and including that pick six uh, to Eddie Jackson. So I think that he will play better, and even in this Week 17 matchup, obviously because they need a win to get in. And the Vikings, ever since they fired John D. Filippo, they've been running the ball a little bit better. So you got if you have to worry about Kirk Cousins maybe elevating his play, the running game with Murray and Cook, that's not something that you wanna you wanna have as a defense. Just multiple multiple things to worry about. So I'm all for eliminating the Vikings from playoff contention this Sunday and having to worry about you know a different opponent, Eagles, see whoever it may be. And I do have my girlfriend in the room right now who is from Minnesota and a Vikings fan, and we're actually going to be watching the game on Sunday. So that Ooh. will uh, – Brandon <laughs> is booing. Um, yeah, so that will be interesting to, to watch. Uh, I'm sorry, babe. Um, we are definitely all, – all Bears fans are going to be wanting the, the Vikings to, to lose this Sunday. I'm getting a, uh, a little tongue – just sticking their tongue out at me. But that's all right. All right. So we want the Vikings to lose. I might not have a girlfriend after this weekend. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> – uh, fifth question and the last Twitter question of the day. And it comes from Simon Hughes. And the question is, do you think Roquan Smith would be the defensive rookie of the year if it wasn't for the holdout affecting his preparations at the start of the season? And I guess to this question, who knows, right? I mean, he's played Roquan has played well this season. He's only eight tackles away from breaking Erlacher's, Brian Erlacher's 123 tackles in his rookie season, most ever by a Bears rookie. So he's played well this season. And, Brandon, before we went live on this, we were just talking about other possible defensive rookie of the year candidates. And a guy that did come up was Darius Leonard uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. And just to read out his stats and now compare him to Roquan's here, I should have his stats as well. Darius Leonard right now, 155 combined tackles, seven sacks, four forced fumbles, one interception. To uh, Roquan Smith's uh, stats, he has 116 combined tackles, five sacks, and one interception. So, you know, if you're comparing the two, obviously playing linebacker and just statistically, Darius Leonard is having a better season. So I don't know how you could um, give it to Roquan Smith over a Darius Leonard. But you, in your question, uh, Simon, you did ask if he did play the other two games, and who knows what uh, Roquan Smith could have done if he, or not the other two games, if he just started the regular season. It's it's an interesting question, definitely. But um, what are your thoughts, Brandon? Do you think that if Roquan Smith were to start? you know, playing right at the very beginning that maybe he could be defensive rookie of the year candidate? It, I, no, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's Darius, like one of those. Right. I, Darius Leonard is a, a very tough, very good athlete as well. Uh, and Roquan, I mean, he wasn't just sitting on a couch during his holdout. You know, he was out there uh, running around, getting getting his personal workouts in, wasn't quite with the team, uh, but he was doing what he could to keep himself in, in physical shape. So it's not like... You know, he wasn't sitting around doing anything, and I think that uh, despite him not being there, I don't know that he would would have won it anyway. Uh, it, it helps to be there, definitely. We'll definitely not argue that point. But Darius Leonard's just having a fantastic year, uh, and you know, I you got to tip your cap to the to the greatest defensive rookie player out there, and I think that it is Darius Leonard. I like Roquan a lot, obviously, uh, but he's he's had his blunders here and there, uh, especially when you look at his coverage skills. So. I think uh, for some some other reasons, I think that Darius Leonard wins it. Just the stat line is really impressive, uh, you know, things of that nature. He's also just a really good athlete, so I think that Darius Leonard ends up winning it. I don't know how much Roquan being there for training camp would have affected much of this outcome. 
Yeah, and there's another guy also in there that's, you know, in the tops or in contention of possibly winning that record. Derwin James from the Chargers um, having a great season as well. So there, there are a couple guys that you can definitely look at that are deserving of this award. But just looking at the stats and, you know, like you said, you mentioned Roquan Smith has at times, you know, maybe missed some bad tackles, has had some coverage blunders happen just to him at some bad, you know, bad times. So even though that's happened, he still had a fantastic year and almost, and he has the opportunity, like I said, with eight more tackles to break Erlacher's rookie Bears record, which is incredible in itself, not even being, you know, the full-time starter from week one. So Roquan Smith, uh, he's going to get better, and once he does, maybe we're not even talking about, obviously won't be talking about defensive rookie of the year. Down the line, you never know if he's a defensive player of the year. I think he's got that capability, those instincts, um, but he just needs to keep getting better and better each week, and I think we've seen that from him uh, this season. I thought you were going to say like MVP or something. I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about – well, we do have a MVP and Defensive Player of the Year candidate on this team in Khalil Mack, so we'll see what ends up True. happening there. Um, but, yeah, you definitely have to raise your level of play if you want to be in those, you know, right. uh, in that contention there. But that's going to do it, Brandon. That was our Week 17 edition of the Chicago Audible Mailback Podcast. And last one of the regular season. Last one of the regular season. What a ride, Tamp it huh? up for playoffs. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing. This is not ending this week just because the regular season's ending. There will be – there's Bears playoff football happening just in a couple of weeks. So if you want to get your question heard or read on the next Audible Mailbag Podcast, all you got to do is call 872-240-4007. And that number again is 872-240-4007. So make sure you call in. Leave your name and where you're from. Shout you out on the podcast because we want to get some audio questions on the next one, the playoff edition of the Chicago Audible Mailbag Podcast. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.